Welcome to the Glory Tellers Podcast. We're your hosts, Emily, Caitlin, and Beth Ann. Here we share stories of people who are doing extraordinary things in the midst of their ordinary lives. All for the glory of God. We are so excited you're here. Let's dive in. Welcome back, Glory Tellers friends. Today we have someone on the podcast that we've wanted to have on for a while now, and we are so excited about it. Our guest today is Amy Eilers of House of Eilers on Instagram. If you are not following Amy, you are missing out on real-life encouragement, humor, wit, and inspiration for simplifying and embracing every day. She is such a bright spot on the internet and beyond. So welcome, Amy. Hi, ladies. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for carving out time for us. We know that you've got busy kids and, you know, house full of them. So we appreciate you taking that time. Absolutely. And I just want to say I'm so excited to be here because I've been a listener of you guys for a while now. And I feel like such an unqualified person to be on this podcast. Just as like, just as like, I always feel like such, um, like, uh, like, a not worthy Christian to be like talking about like on a Christian podcast. So I'm just really excited to be on. But thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, well, you know, no, none of us are worthy, no, right? right. Not, yeah. not for this podcast, but you know, yeah. What I mean. um, yeah. honestly, I have imposter syndrome more than not. Like when we interview yeah. people, I'm almost kind of like, why are they agreeing to talk to us? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I know, but, and we just love to share stories. And so, mm-hmm. um, I've just really loved following your story. Thank so you. tell us a little about yourself and what is Amy's story? Yeah. I am, um, I'm from a small town in rural Wisconsin, hardworking parents growing up, um, four brothers, no, sorry, three brothers. I met Eric about a decade, a little over a decade ago. Um, we fell in love and got married and then (laughs) had some kids and reality (laughs) set in. (laughs) But yeah, since then we have four daughters, seven and under, um, we've made a move across the state from having like a huge family network to having like no support system. Um, and we're just, we wanted to kind of try to meet, um, some career and family goals, um, him career wise and me getting to stay home with a family and that move helped us do that. So now mm-hmm. we're just here living in a different part of Wisconsin, living a very ordinary life. <laughs> hey, but we always say mm-hmm. like the ordinary things are the extraordinary. Yes. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And we love your Wisconsin accent. It's just like, honestly, a bonus of following you. I just love to hear you talk. It's just, it's so thick. I know. And you guys have more of like a kind of Southern accent. So it's like a whole different thing here today. Yeah, Yeah. it is. I love it. And it's funny because like, I don't hear that at all. I know. But then, yeah, yeah, people will point out like I have family in California and we went to visit them and they were like, where are you from? Like, you just have to draw. Um, Yeah. Well, a big part of your story has been, um, you know, the transformation in your life of kind of going minimalist, right? Is that kind of how you would classify yourself? I mean, I think that's the mainstream way of calling it. But I think my, like, personally, I never sought out minimalism. I think I was just a very overwhelmed mom Mm -hmm. um, going from working with kids to being home with kids. And it was so overwhelming, just everything about that adjustment, um, Mm -hmm. that getting rid of things physically in our home was like the only answer for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was, and it was funny because I never ever like went online and was like, I'm going to share this 
that was never, ever my intent. I think I had like, you know, I had a personal Instagram that was public, but it only had like friends from back home. And it was kind of a way for me to keep in touch with them. Well, I would love to hear a little bit more of that story. And kind of, you said that it just kind of happened because it had to happen. But where, like, explain that kind of timeline for us. Like you moved and you have these kids. So tell us that part. Sure. I, um, I was, when we moved across the state, so we moved from one side to the other, which is, I mean, it's like a three hour move, but it was for us, it was a big move living like a mile from our family. Like my parents were a mile down the road. So we had (laughs) support like always. Um, and I was pregnant. I was seven months pregnant with our third and Mm -hmm. we moved across the state and I had to facilitate that whole move myself. Eric was already, um, on the other side of the state working for like a month. And so I had to do everything from like, we were finishing our basement. We were listing our home for sale. We were, I was facilitating like mortgages and buying and selling two homes. Um, Super pregnant with two kids, two toddlers Uh at home. Um, And I was still working at the time and it was just so overwhelming. And then I think what happened was it was so busy, busy, busy. We made the move and then it was like, whew. And then it was like, what now? And I looked around and I just, it was like for the first time, I kind of got to see what kind of life we were living because mm-hmm. I wasn't so busy with everything that I was like, what is going on? Like our, like everything's chaos. My kids are, and nothing against screen time, but like my kids were extremely screen dependent because it was just the crutch that I used to like get through the days personally mm-hmm. with parenthood being difficult. And it kind of made me reassess like our values as a family. And I, and I say me, not we, because Eric was like super into work, super work focused. And it was kind of just this thing that I started doing on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't something that really involved him in the beginning. And, um, it just started really small. The very first thing that went was when we moved, we had all the kids toys packed up and the movers brought in all these toys. And it was like boxes. It was mm-hmm. like, if you don't want the size, like a wardrobe boxes, like it's almost mm-hmm. as tall as like a short, like me, like five feet. Like it's almost mm-hmm. like, it's like four or five feet tall. And we had eight of those filled with toys. And mm-hmm. I was like, it was just lined up on a wall. And I was like, this is insane. Like it was so <laughs> insane for me to phys- visually tangibly see, I just was like, this is not how I want our family to be. And I think that was like where everything started for us. I feel like you kind of have to hit that like rock bottom. Not that that's, but you kind of have to hit that point where you're like, oh my gosh, we have to just do an overhaul. This is not working for us. And I think that the reason why you've become popular on Instagram is because so many people can resonate with that feeling, that over our society has just taught us more is better when like, that is not the case. We have to truly retrain our brain. Yes. In the past, were you always interested in kind of simplifying spaces and routines? Or would you say that that kind of became a new passion once you moved and once kind of everything came to a head? I think it was always there. Um, I, I, now I look back and I can see flex of it throughout my life in like, third grade, I ran for class president in our little, like we had three classes in a country school, like third, fourth and fifth grade. And that was like the three classes. And I ran for class president. And the the only goal of that class president was you got to alphabetize the classroom library. And I was so thrilled because I got it. And I was like the only person that ran. I got to sit in at recess and alphabetize the library. And it was like heaven. But 
but it came through as I like had different careers or, you know, jobs before staying home. Um, I worked in, in a medical office for a while and I would constantly like try to fine tune and implement and simplify like systems for like getting the, the, the business from like point A to point B. Um, and it was so thrilling when I was, would succeed and be able to like present it to the team and like bring those processes on that. I, you know, it's always been there for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I super relate to just, you know, three kids and um, being just overwhelmed to a point where it's almost like anything extra or all of your surroundings just overwhelm you more, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I've definitely noticed the overstimulation piece with me as being a good motivator for me to get rid of stuff and Mm -hmm. simplify. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, parenthood alone is definitely a good motivator. Oh yeah. Like when my <laughs> yes. cluttered, my brain is cluttered. Like I can't think, Yeah, you know, absolutely. <laughs> I don't do too much to fix that. I mean, I, I purge quite a bit, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's still never enough. And it's definitely not to like Amy's standards, but I'm working my way there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, one other reason why I think um, so many people are drawn to you um, is because you seem to find such joy in your everyday responsibilities it is seriously inspiring to me. And so I think everybody wants to know what's your secret, girl? right? How do you do that? <laughs> yeah. And, and I think a lot of it goes back to um, like this, like this is our one shot that we get at this earthly life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um And I think that we get so caught up in the busyness of all that. Um, And like I, before this kind of change of lifestyle, I was so caught up in the busyness of consumerism and of like, what's next? What am I missing? And all of those things. And once I kind of stripped our life of all of that, it made me realize like things that I used to be overwhelmed with weren't so overwhelming anymore. Like doing the dishes wasn't so much a chore as it's part of a habit. Like I, if I'm cooking for my family, part of that process is I have to wash the dishes and they have to get washed either way, whether I am really grumpy about it or I just find joy in it. And I just got to a point where I was tired of being miserable with everything and just like find little pockets of happiness in there. And I think I just got so tired Uh, motherhood is so tired as it is so tiring as it is you know you're just exhausted with so many different things and decision fatigue and everything and so I just decided to like get over it It was like kind of like a growing up moment like I just gotta get over it like this is my job I'm an adult now I I gotta get over it like I'm gonna have to do this every day the 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 spoons will be in the sink every day I'm gonna have to take (laughs) care of them and I kind of just got over it I guess yeah Mm -hmm. I mean it's a really good example for your kids too we were just talking about that we just another episode with just the two of us. And we were talking about the rhythms that we've put into place in our daily life, just to kind of try to stay on top of it. And just how sometimes you have to teach your kids, you've got to do things you don't want to do. And if you Mm -hmm. do it with a cheerful heart, you know, and you show them like, this is just our responsibility. This is how we take care of our home. I mean, it really does set them up for success, even if we have to tell them day after day after day. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm going to get into that later. Um, cause I have some questions for you about kids, but I'd love to know, like, what are your daily rhythms? Like, so to, to manage your house like this, to manage your lifestyle, what systems have you put into place that you feel like help you stay consistent? Yeah. Um, I think for me, I think, and this is the thing is I think every home is different because my, what I, my daily rhythms, if you want to call them that, 
Um, what I did as a working mom are not the same as what I do now as a stay-at-home mom. You know, like we all have different um, schedules and family needs and things. So like nobody should really look the same. Um, but I, being a stay-at-home mom with four kids, I really just try to focus on like the very, very basic core things. Like I, for my mental health, I make my bed every morning. That's a personal mm. thing that I make my bed every morning because when I used to be, I went through a period of depression and not making my bed was very triggering for me. Um, so I know if I make my bed and I open my curtains every morning, it's, it's kind of a symbolism or a ritual of a new day. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is after I do that, I take the laundry basket and I take it right to the laundry room and I toss a load of laundry in. I'm not saying I fold a load of laundry every day, but I do something in the laundry room every day. You know, like this morning I folded yesterday's laundry in the dryer and that's fine. At least I was in the laundry room today doing something. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing I try to do is um, now when we had a dishwasher, I would run a load every night, um, but I don't have a dishwasher right now. So I'm just trying to focus on, um, you know, just like tidying up the kitchen after every meal is kind of my non-dishwasher rhythm right now, but it's flexed because we don't have a dishwasher where when we did, it was like, just run the load at night. So it's, you can empty it in five minutes in the morning and you can load into it all day long. So you don't have that counter clutter that can get like super overwhelming. It's those little things in motherhood that just eat away at us and build up during the day. And if that's Mm -hmm. one thing I can eliminate the dirty dishes in the sink, like I'm going to go for that. Like that's a goal for me, you know, Mm -hmm. just little things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just hear in, in your story, like I hear so much like bravery. Cause I mean, you're going against the grain of what everyone tells us to do, you know, yeah. up with the Joneses, more is better. Um, you can, you can handle it all. Like, I feel like you've kind of bucked that system a little bit where you're like, mm, no, we're going to live differently because this is what works better for our family. And I love that. Cause I feel like it, even for me, knowing what's better, it's, I still almost feel guilty getting rid of stuff. Or, you know, if I'm making my kids clean all the time, like there's guilt in there, Mm -hmm. but it seems like you do it. Um, I don't know with a happy heart and, and it, you can tell, I mean, cause when you come on, if you're, if you're new to following house of Islers, which we'll tell you how to follow her later. Um, I love how you, you are real and you are consistent, which is huge. And very authentic, which I know that word is kind of thrown around, but you really are. You say like, you know, here, here's my mess. And here, I'm going to start this timer and I'm going to show you how quickly something that maybe might've stressed you out to think about all day, how quickly I can just Mm -hmm. get, get through this. And I don't know, it's such a motivator. And, and I love that. I love how you've totally embraced that way of life and that you're sharing it with other people. I I really appreciate that because it is, it's hard going against the grain. It's hard to not want to try to just show the perfect corner of the house every day, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's so hard when you see people just, you know, we're, we just bought this, we're, you know, we're going to go on this trip or we just remodeled this space in our home or, you know, this is my clean living room and they're not showing the playroom and <laughs> behind right. them in the hallway, you know, like it is, it's really hard. I think for us to show up as imperfect human beings, it's hard for me to come on this podcast and, and be an imperfect Christian. And I feel like, you know, I want to just tell people it's so okay to be imperfect. Like Mm -hmm. we, that is who we are. We are never going to be perfect human beings. And I think that the more everybody just shows up imperfectly, the better our world will be. So I think so too. Mm -hmm. And, and, and putting those two words together, like imperfect Christian, I feel like that's just Christian. Like, yeah, (laughs) right. Isn't it though? You know, 
are worthy. And I think that honestly, that's kind of what holds a lot of people back from like stepping into a church or having the faith because they think they're not good enough. When in reality, like none of us are good enough. We're all trying. And um, I was just listening to a podcast yesterday that said, you know, when we have our moments and we're overwhelmed and sometimes we like, just like go to our phone because we can veg out, we can see people. We don't realize like how draining that is to see message after message after message of someone who just got a new car or a new house or their perfectly curated, decorated living room or their kids who just had this Pinterest birthday party with balloon arches and ponies. Like it, (laughs) even though it's innocent and people are just showing their lives, it can really beat you down. And so, yeah. To have someone that kind of breaks that up and still has beautiful spaces, but is also authentic and says, hey, I know this looks beautiful. Let me show you the other side of my room. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I love the pictures too. And it's like, you know, the perfect lighting and everything. And then the picture where it's just normal lighting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not everyone is a photographer and, you know. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I think that it's something that people don't even know that they're seeing. They're not seeing reality sometimes because sometimes we think like, oh, that is real. Like it doesn't look so staged, but even something like minorly edited like that can have Mm -hmm. a negative effect on us and we don't realize it. And I think that goes like how we were just talking about imperfect Christianity. I think that is one thing that I do see trending like in the world of social media and motherhood is that sometimes with Christianity online, we see these like perfect Christian moments, right? Mm -hmm. And my Christian moments don't always feel so perfect. And so Mm -hmm. it's hard to be like, is my Christianity measuring up? Like, am I doing enough with my kids or with my own time with God? Like, and I think it's so important for us to remember, like, like even just having those moments of connection with, with scripture and all of that, like it doesn't have to be perfect. None of it should be perfect, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's definitely not perfect with either Emily or I, that's for sure. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I just want to say that I see Christ in you so clearly through what you post on Instagram, that joy that we mentioned that you have, you know, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, Oh, mm-hmm. all those fruits of the spirit are clearly there within you. Um, and so it's just a blessing to see. And, you know, that is living out the gospel. It doesn't have to be, you know, telling someone the exact things that happen in the Bible or mm-hmm. getting it yeah. right, but literally living it out mm-hmm. is just the biggest testimony. Mm-hmm. So I want to encourage you in that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And then ask you, how does your faith play into your daily decisions and the way that you view your home life and your responsibilities? Yeah. Um, I love that you, the fruits of the spirit are like my go-to. I think um, for one thing that for me, that's really hard and that I'm really self-conscious with in my Christianity is not having um, like the theology, like Eric went to a Lutheran school. So he, he has like, he just has so much more like, theology than I do. I am so like, I'm a a newborn, I swear. And I grew up very Christian. I went to Sunday school every day, but for some reason, like I didn't absorb as much of it as I wish I would have. And, Mm -hmm. um, in motherhood, that's, it's a, it's a sore spot for me because I want to lead by example. The best way I can be a Christian mother is to lead by example. And sometimes I feel like I'm not teaching them enough or doing enough, but I always with them, my one thing that I've just honed in on is like the fruit of the spirit. And if I can set that example for them, I'm raising good humans. And I know that they'll go out into the world, you know, and mm-hmm. they'll do good. 
And so the fruit of the spirit and gratitude are my two focuses every day. Um, and gratitude was when I started simplifying and I got through our physical stuff and I decluttered every room in the house, there was this like period of, well, what do I do now? Like it was like an empty space. I had filled my time with busyness and then I filled my time with decluttering busyness. And then I was, you know, just sitting there kind of like, now what? Mm -hmm. And that's when I pulled, I pulled my Bible out again for the first time in embarrassingly enough, probably a couple years. And, mm -hmm. and it had, you know, it had been a while that I had kind of worshiped all these false gods, like consumerism and, and the minute tasks of just life that didn't really matter. And instead I had to, I had the empty space now and God was like, knock, knock, mm -hmm. guess who's, guess who's at the door. And I was like, oh crap, like uh -huh. I got to step up to the plate. And I think that's where, you know, I, everything kind of came full circle and I realized I was missing so much in life because of that. And I started, um, really small. I started just writing down three things I was grateful for every day because I wanted to change my mindset because I had come from a very like busy, negative, I don't like housework. I don't like serving my home kind of a mindset. I was burnt out and I started just three things a day, wrote them in my journal or my planner, a word or a phrase nothing fancy. I wasn't writing a whole journal entry, you know, just like sunshine, one on a walk, mm -hmm. baby giggles, like very <laughs> simple. And day after day, it added up and slowly like my mindset shifted. And I think that's one thing that we really focus on now in our home every day is just trying to find a spot of gratitude. And we have um, one kid right now who's just um, coming into like a different age where she's older and um, you know, I don't like this and I don't like that. And so we just talk about what well, you may not like that, but is there something that maybe you do, you could find a spot of gratitude because I think, um, we can go through life and even in the hardest of times, we can always try to find a way to worship God and thank him for something. And that's mm -hmm. one thing I really want to instill in them is we can always, no matter what, we can always keep our eye on the prize on like the end goal and like, everything's going to be okay. Um, just trying to find gratitude, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love how you emptied the the clutter and, and the busyness of your home and then found margin. Like that margin yes. is important. We just talked about that too. And so that when things happen, you have the margin, you, you aren't overwhelmed and it's not going to push you over the edge because you have the space mentally and physically. And um, the same podcast I referenced earlier was talking about how our busyness and our distractions are literally tools of the enemy because mm. the more distracted yes. you are, the more busy you are. If you feel like you're drowning, if you've got stuff all around you, I really think that those, those distractions, the busyness are the tools that he uses to keep us away from God. And so what you did was you removed all of the extra and you made that margin for room to even make God a part of your life, you know, again, yes. or to, or to make it more of your life. And yep. so, you know, when you look around at our country and the way we live mm -hmm. and you think, wow, we live in one of the richest countries in the world. We have freedom of speech, freedom of religion. We have all these resources. We can have whatever we want. There's money flowing everywhere. Yet we are the most depressed and unhealthiest yep. country. There's gotta be a connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, exactly. But about him being at the door, that's such a good visual and it's biblical. Um, but just, you know, all the distractions and noise, we cannot hear him knocking. Like he is there. Exactly. Yeah. 
and we don't even realize it. That's yes. a powerful. But he is always there. Yeah. It's not that, mm-hmm. that it, it sometimes feels like he's distant when really we're the ones that are distant. He's just waiting mm-hmm. for us to make mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Um, so I am kind of excited about this next segment. Mm-hmm. But, so we're going to end the episode with this fun round I'm going to call Ask Amy. <laughs> I have some like you know, just examples of a person that might need your advice. So I'm going to throw out this example of a person and you're going to tell me what advice you would give that person. That sound good? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. All right. So how about there's a mom who's at the very beginning of her story at the, of your story. She's at the very beginning and she's so overwhelmed. She doesn't know where to start. She's looking at those giant boxes of toys and just, (laughs) ready to lose it. (laughs) What would you tell to that mom? Um, I would just tell her to just show up. Like it is okay. If it's imperfect right now, it's okay. If it looks messy, it's okay. If as you get going, it gets even messier because that is usually how it goes, Mm -hmm. but just to keep showing up, like it is okay for it to be imperfect. It is okay. If you don't finish it all in one take, like that is normal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, life is messy and normal and that's okay if it feels messy because that's normal. Like just keep showing up, show up for yourself, show up for your family, show up for your faith. Just keep showing up. I love that. I don't know if you follow Lindsay letters, but I have a sweatshirt from her and it says showing up in really pretty font on the front. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. and it's yeah. like such a good reminder for me. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes actually it seems like it often becomes a Monday shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, yeah. I'm here. Oh, anyway. Um, what about the mom who is trying to get her kids to help clean up and tidy? She probably feels like she's told them a million times and she just can't get it through their heads. What about her? Yeah. Well, I was I live this every day. I (laughs) did this. I have to talk every day with this one. Um, and what I always just tell still is like Give, like give them grace because sometimes do I not, I don't want to clean up. So if they don't want to clean up. That's human, right? Like sometimes I don't want to do the dishes. Sometimes I don't want to pick up, you know, whatever. And I think that it's normal. Like it's very human for us to not always have motivation. Um, mm-hmm. And for us to always like extend the grace that we want, that we would want someone to give us in those moments. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing with kids to remember is that sometimes it's not a, the same priority for them as it is for us. You know, they might be, it might look like nothing, but they might be in the middle of something really big going on in their head right now. Some imagination thing or some project that looks like a pile of garbage to us, but it is a huge deal to them. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, meeting them where they're at and trying to like look from their perspective is, is a really great way to find grace for them. Mm-hmm. You know, gosh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do that. That's good. I see. Uh, It's hard. And it's hard for me to do. I was just hard for me to do this morning when we were trying to get ready for snack time, but you know, yeah, man, motherhood, man, it's so hard. (laughs) Hmm. What about the wife who is trying to get her husband on board with simplifying their homes? (laughs) That's a good one because I feel like I get that question a lot. Um, And I think that any husband would love this metaphor. If you build it, they will come. Like, cause that's from that baseball movie. But um, I think that it's, if you focus on your own journey and I think like, think of like your closet, you, maybe you share a closet with your husband. If you go through your side of the closet, 
and you declutter it and you organize it and arrange it and it is beautiful. And every day he has to walk in there and see your side versus his side. Um, or like the bat, you know, maybe you share a bathroom counter and what we do is like one side is Eric's and one is mine. And like, I keep mine pristine every day and he doesn't necessarily always do that, mm-hmm. but they see the difference. And eventually day after day, it's human nature that they're going to want a piece of that pie. Like they're going to want, <laughs> they're going to want to, they're going to see how nice and rewarding it is for you to live that way. And they often, almost every time, not all the time, cause everybody's different, but they will come around and they'll say, Hey, can you help me go through my closet? Or they might, you might just notice they start doing it on their own. And I think having patience and realizing like you can't change somebody else. You can only lead by example and like walk the walk yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can always pray for them. You know, you can always Mm -hmm. pray that the Lord guides them and encourages them, but you know, just walk the walk yourself, focus on your path, your journey, and hopefully they'll come around. You know, that's really insightful because I think our first inclination is to fix the other person first because they're clearly be anything wrong with me. Um, so <laughs> to kind of be like, you know what, I'm going to lead by example, just like we do with our kids. I mean, just, yeah, that's great. Um, here's one that I, I, I have a, a tiny bit of this. I do not get as sentimental as like my mother does, but what would you say to someone maybe in the older generation or maybe someone our age that just has a really hard time getting rid of like sentimental items or, purging things that they might need one day, you know, and they just kind of feel like they have to hoard it all. What would you say to that person? Um, I would, first of all, relationships come before things always and forever. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and this is tricky, especially if this is like a generational conversation you're having with a parent or a grandparent or a loved one, you know, and, and I know like this is going on with my parents right now because they've lost some family members and you have to take care of the estate and the things. Mm-hmm. And it is extreme. If you've never walked that walk, you don't know how overwhelming it can be, mm-hmm. um, especially in like an untimely death. Mm-hmm. So once you have had that experience, it makes you reassess your own life and your possessions and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I think that the most important thing to always remember is relationships come first before things. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you get stuck with somebody's things that you have to take care of them, it's just uh, think of it as a duty of love that you have to do, you know? Mm. Um, but I think a great way to maybe light the fire or start the thought process is to just have a conversation with them and start talking about the memories you've had together of things and talk about how you cherish the memories and don't focus on so much of like, Oh, I love this chair that you have, or these, this collection of vases instead talk about experiences you've had together and how, you know, you're so happy that, you know, when the time comes that you aren't together anymore, that you'll always have those memories to hang on to and, and bring joy to and light to that mm-hmm. part of your relationship and less joy to like the tangible parts. Yeah. Um, one thing, like one of my, and I, like I said, I, I don't know a ton of Bible verses, but one of my very favorite ones um, is two Corinthians four eighteen. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And that is one of my favorite um, verses to bring into like this conversation or like the generational conversation is like what really matters. It just puts our, everything into perspective. Like the big picture is what matters. This, this stuff that we're dealing with right now, it doesn't matter in the end. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Oh, so yeah. that's kind of where I always go. Yeah, for sure. And I think that the older generations hold on to the things as memories, like if a person yeah. passed. And so that almost goes into like a, 
you know, a heart and mental health type of thing, like where they feel like they have to keep it to have the memories. And Mm -hmm. our generation has pictures. We have pictures of everything. And, you know, like if I, if the kids have a piece of art that I'm like not giving to a grandparent or something and it's going in the garbage, but I think it's sweet. I'll just take a picture of it. If Mm -hmm. someone, you know, if one of my kids came to me in 30 years and said, I need you to delete all those pictures, (laughs) I'd probably have a really hard time with it. No, even though I'm not going to sit there and sift through 500,000 pictures, but just knowing I have them if I want to, I think that's sort of the mentality that the older generation has that didn't have the technology that we do. The problem mm-hmm. is that takes up a lot more room. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. I know. And this is something that I used to have a really hard, that was one of my hardest things to get through was gifts and sentimental items um, yeah. personally, because I held on to so much guilt. Like if I let go of this thing, like it's going to sever that relationship or I won't be able to remember that moment. Um, and our move kind of, kickstarted that because I couldn't bring everything I couldn't physically like pack up everything that we had it was insane because I was like a hoarder before all of this but I started to realize like what if I said to myself what if there was a flood what if there was a fire and I know that's kind of a grim way to think but people move on from it like people get through that and if other people get through that like I know I can get through that too And I do think about often with pictures, because that's one thing I'm kind of working on now is like, I'm an over picture taker. Like I take so many pictures and it's like my Gmail is my Gmail photos is full and I'm at 100% and it won't let me back up right now. So I'm like going through it. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think about my grandparents, like my grandmother, before she passed away, she had like a photo album. Yeah. One Mm -hmm. photo (laughs) album. And it was like, and she survived her whole life with that one photo album. And then when she passed, they split it up between nine kids. Mm -hmm. And it was like, everybody got a piece of the photo album. And like, that was it. And it's like, people for generations have been living without this excess. And it's like, we can do it. Like, I know we can do it Mm because our ancestors have done it. Like it is possible. And I always go back to that. It really goes to the root of things don't make you happy, but we're mm-hmm. going to continue to search for that happiness and keep buying the things because it's temporary, fulfilling something that we're looking for. And we just think that the stuff is going to make us happy. And yeah. we buy over and over and over again because it's not making us happy. And then in the end, we're just sad with all the stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. And, and, but, and that's, and this is where faith comes in is what's really going to make us happy. Like, Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. eternal life, like that promise that we get to live through, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that is what's going to make us happy in yeah. the end when it all is said and done. Like what joy is that, that we get to experience that. Mm-hmm. And it's, and knowing that it will be more than any like picture or item could ever give us here yeah. on earth. Like, it's just so great. You yeah. know, this can only fill that gap. Literally. Yeah. Yep. Well, um, I know what will make our followers happy, and that is knowing where they can find you. Mm-hmm. So before we move on to a few fun questions to close this out, please tell us where we can find you. Um, you can find me on Instagram um, at House of Eilers, and that's um, House of E-I-L-E-R-S. Um, also, HouseofEilers.com is my blog, so you can find me either place. Nice. Okay. And then you also, you do a podcast with a friend, right? Yes, we do. Mom Chat Monday. Yep. Okay. Awesome. And they can do you, you have an account for that on Instagram as well, right? Yep. It's just Mom Chat Monday on Instagram. You can find that podcast on there. Okay. Awesome. And then I also wanted to ask you about your planner really quickly. 
Because I know that you have made this amazing planner and people can purchase the digital files and buy a binder and put it together themselves, right? Yes. Yeah. That was kind of one thing that came out of all of this was that it was that, as you've talked about that, that we found room for, we found margin in our life. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple things that I was able to do with all that time now. And one of them is like my new love of plants, which I know is really like a trendy thing right now, but I never thought I would love plants. And I can't believe how much I love plants now because I have the time for it. Yeah. But the other thing was, is I had this dream of like making a planner because I, there were things I wanted in a planner I couldn't find. And it's this hybrid system of maintaining your home, um, developing rhythms for yourself daily, as well as like weekly home maintenance rhythms. There's like a meal planner in there for like a really easy meal planner. You can plan like a month of dinners in like five to 10 minutes um kind of like a daily spread as well as like room for you to do whatever you want with some like dot grid or bullet journaling if that's you know gets you all excited but like yeah. I love I put like you know there's blank space there so I always put like a new scripture each week or um you know I have like a goal tracker I doodle in and things like that so it's all available on my blog um it's a digital download so you can buy it download it and print it out and um get planning I love it I love it so much. Um, so actually you kind of set me up perfectly for these fun questions because my first fun question for you, which you couldn't prepare for is what is your favorite plant? Cause we're plant people too. We like plants. Oh so gosh. That's such a question. And I have a Calathea Freddy that was like my third plant, second or third plant. And when I remember when I got it, it was like garden planting. And I was like, how dare mm -hmm. you tell me? It was like, do not recommend for you. It literally was like not recommended. And I was like, what? And I, it is like thriving. It just had like five new leaves and we're like two years in and I'm like, take that plant app. Like I know you. So that would be okay. favorite. That's amazing. This wasn't a planned question, but what is your Enneagram number? I believe I'm a one nine, but I've recently on our podcast, we had an interview about Enneagram and motherhood and mm -hmm. I'm debating if I'm a wing too, because it kind of made more sense as she was explaining it. So I think a misdiagnosed Enneagram might be my story. <laughs> yeah, I was misdiagnosed at first. I thought I was a two, but I'm pretty sure I'm a nine now. But the reason oh, I okay. asked is I thought that like challenging the, this plant isn't for you thing was very eight of you, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that fits in. Eric's Eric's very clearly an eight and really? so like I yeah he's an eight through and through and one of our daughters I'm pretty sure is following <laughs> his footsteps but I I very much identify with the one and like the you know I like mm -hmm. to have everything a set way and stuff like that so need a planner yeah so <laughs> yeah right um so we see you doing a lot of little things to keep yourself going throughout your day. So we're curious, what is your current favorite pick-me-up during your day? Um, absolutely tea. My <laughs> very favorite thing is tea. And I think because I can either have, you know, you can, if you need a, some caffeine, you can do that. Or if you need to calm down, you can have a chamomile or something else. Mm -hmm. um, and I can, I always have it stack it. So <laughs> If I'm like, oh, I'm feeling so sluggish, I'm going to make a tea. But while the while the kettle's going, like I'm going to wash the five dishes in the sink because the dishes are never ending right now without a dishwasher. Or like I'm going to flip the laundry. So I always, I love the tea. And then I, so I have it stacked with something productive, but then I get to sit down and like tea and read or, mm -hmm. you know, so that's definitely my favorite thing right now. Like a little reward. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. Love it. 
And then what about, um, I noticed on your menu plan for this week that you have a date night coming up. So I'm nosy about what a date night typically looks like for you. In Wisconsin with snow. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I'm like wishful thinking about it. But um, for us, usually it's just going out to dinner and taking our time and being mm -hmm. able to talk to my husband without being interrupted. And that mm -hmm. honestly, our date, and it's just a really long dinner. And the waiter, waitress or waiter probably hates us because we don't <laughs> give them their table. But I think that's it's there's nothing like it. And we used to before we had kids, we would go out to dinner every Friday night. So it's very like, um, you know, reminiscent of like the old times together when we get to do that. So I love it. Yeah. And then you don't have dishes to wash. At least not for yourself. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> don't you love how being parents like something that's so joyful and fulfilling to us is just not being interrupted while we eat like we've literally <laughs> I know covered the standard so far <laughs> I know and sometimes Eric's like slow down you don't have to eat that fast and it's like oh yeah I forgot like because you're so used to it you know Right. Oh, I love it. oh my goodness. Well, I have totally loved talking to you today. It's just like sitting across the table talking to a friend. So oh, thank yeah. you Same. for, yeah, thank you for this. And um, I hope that everyone follows you. And I know that it's not about followers, but I know yeah. that I have become encouraged by following your account. And if there's other people listening who feel like you just need someone like that in your feed, that's going to pop up and encourage you definitely follow house of Eilers. And Amy, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Oh my goodness. That was such a good episode. It feels like just literally sitting across from another friend, mm -hmm. even though she's in Wisconsin. I know. It's so cool how technology has allowed us to do that. I know. <laughs> yeah. We've connected and followed House of Islers for years mm -hmm. and just watched her account grow. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, I just love watching her lifestyle. Yeah. It's fun to watch other people who like live differently than you, mm -hmm. even though it's not that different. It's inspiring, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. She's very inspiring. Um, what did you, like, was there anything that stood out that you were just like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Yeah. Well, one unexpected thing was just how she mentioned, you know, like not really feeling worthy to be on our podcast or like mm -hmm. not like, I feel like she was almost saying like not Christian enough mm -hmm. or not the perfect Christian, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um... I just, I hate that sometimes that is how Christians are perceived, mm -hmm. you know, it's like perfect. Yeah. Um, because that's a, that's a lot of people feel that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we as Christians can work on, mm -hmm. you know, is like she does so well showing um, the vulnerable moments and the, the real life mm -hmm. and the transparency um, mm -hmm. because we don't want anybody, you know, thinking yeah. that we're perfect. Yeah. Because, and I loved what you said. Mm -hmm. I loved what you said when you said, you know, imperfect Christian. Like, I feel like that's just Christian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that it is. Right. Imperfect Christian equals Christian. Yeah. Like, we're all imperfect. Right. Um, that's why we need a perfect God. You know? What is that song? I forget what it is, but it's saying how churches look like something, but really they should look like a hospital. Mm -hmm. It's by Matthew West. Okay. Um, I can't remember the verse exactly, but like the people who are going into church and like need Jesus, a lot of times we are, we're messy. We've got a lot going on that like, you know, you don't see, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of internal struggles that people are, you know, they've got their own things that they're dealing with. And on the outside, it might look polished and perfect, but on the inside, it is a disaster. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I feel like that's just kind of everybody. Mm -hmm. We all have our little mini disasters. Or I like how you were talking about, 
um, when you did the rock analogy and you were saying like, you know, some people are carrying like one big heavy boulder. Mm -hmm. So like you can see it, Mm -hmm. but a lot, a lot of us have just like little tiny little pebbles that we're Mm -hmm. carrying around and it's just as heavy. Yeah. There's so many of them. Yeah. There's, (laughs) there's just a lot of like little things. Mm -hmm. And so everyone has something and Mm -hmm. to say that you have to be perfect to be a Christian or, you know, like if you just don't feel worthy, like that's just the enemy speaking lies to you because we are all unworthy of what he did for us. However, we are all worthy of his love. Mm -hmm. Like he, he wants, he wants that and Mm -hmm. he wants us to come to him in our imperfections and to bring all of that to him. So yeah, that was cool. And you know, our podcast is like sharing stories. And Mm -hmm. part of that is, you know, it is a relatable way to show people the gospel and Mm -hmm. to, to share with people how God is working in tangible ways in the lives of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we're not on here, like just reading the Bible or, you know, which obviously we value, but there is a lot to be said for our personal testimonies. And, um, you know, I was, I was also thinking during that podcast, like, would I rather, Honestly, would I rather be with someone who knew the Bible front and back, but mm-hmm. like you could not see the fruits of the Spirit in them, mm-hmm. or be with someone who you can see the fruits in the Spirit in who may not know everything about right. the Bible? Yeah. Uh, definitely the second one. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's me. I don't know everything about the Bible. Like, I try, but I'm just not a person who retains information that well. Mm-hmm. And so I. I will read it and then I'll read it again the next month and be like, wait a second, did I just read that? Mm-hmm. Didn't I just read that? Mm-hmm. My brain just doesn't work that way. But you know what has helped me? That The Chosen series. Mm-hmm. If you have not watched The Chosen, it's a series, actually, I think the first season's on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime right now. Um, let me just tell you, I avoided it for years because I assumed it was going to be like a left behind rapture drama, like poor acting. So I didn't watch it, even though it had so many people saying how wonderful it is. I just ignored it. Well, I finally watched it. And let me tell you, it is not cheesy. It is done very well. You will actually recognize some people in it. There's some pretty big name actors in it that I noticed. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really connected the faces for Mm -hmm. me. And since I am a more visual person, I'm a more visual learner, seeing the faces as I'm reading, like, Mm-hmm. How they depict Matthew in mm-hmm. The Chosen is kind of analytical, quirky, maybe mm-hmm. even like autistic. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 likes numbers and he likes putting things together and mm-hmm. very ge- smart, genius, um, likes details. Now that I see that character and know that about him, when I read Matthew, like I'm reading what Matthew wrote. It's so different to me. Mm-hmm. I can understand it so much better. The Chosen has really helped me with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm— Talk about imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I host a podcast <laughs> called Glory Tellers and don't know my Bible. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm doing my best and it's not something that you can just read overnight and know. It's mm-hmm. just, you you read it the, the rest of your life and learn from it. Yeah. And one of the big things about reading the Bible that I think gets overlooked because we tend to fall back into like legalistic ways and want to know all of the facts and have them memorized and be able to spit them out. The whole point of reading the Bible is so you know the character of God. The whole Bible is pointing to the character of God and to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are needing to get out of it. Right. You know, like, not to say you can't know details, but like mastering the Bible is not what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it's giving him our hearts and 
mm-hmm. knowing who he is so we can hear him and mm-hmm. let him roll in our life. So, And even just hearing myself say what I was just saying, it's like you totally take the Bible and its contest and make it about you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the Bible's not about you. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're learning about who Jesus was, who mm-hmm. God is, and learning His character. And it truly changes the outlook of your life. So, mm-hmm. um, but I also, you know, in like my, Mimi's last days, she was my grandmother that passed away last year. She was still reading the Bible and doing devotionals at almost 90 years old, still learning and growing. And so it's a marathon, not a race. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I, but I took that away, too. I thought mm-hmm. that was really interesting. And um, honestly, she blew my mind when she was talking about the kids thing and giving mm-hmm. them grace. Yeah. Because I will be the first to say I don't give my kids a lot of grace mm-hmm. because I have not created a ton of margin in my life. So I have a very short fuse. So mm-hmm. here I am showing you my all my cards. Um, I have a very short fuse. So when things don't go how I need them to go, I go off. And that is not a fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> Going off, as it turns out, it's not a fruit of the Spirit. And so that's something that I'm working on and hearing her and, you know, talk about how she likes to give her kids grace. Even though that's something so simple, it's like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Not only do I need to give my kids grace, I need to give myself some grace mm-hmm. because I just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You do. Yeah. <laughs> I know that I do. And I know that, like, Indian Graham is kind of like a a thing where people, you either love it or you hate it. Um, I kind of just take it as a personality test. I see nothing else behind it, but I'm an Enneagram three. And that is a person who really likes to be in charge and order and, um, achieve. achieve. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, my goal for the day is like, how much can I achieve? Mm -hmm. And so when my kids slow me down, they see the bad part of me Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not proud of that. It's something that I'm, I'm working on, but Yeah, just with with the Bible, though, you know, and it being a process, like parenting is too, and it's also something that we can't master, and Mm -hmm. we hate that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For sure. Um, But, I mean, I have been the same way with the short fuse, um, and I see that in myself more as my kids were, you know, smaller, Mm -hmm. Um, and I do see myself as having gotten better with that, Mm -hmm. but... I've thought this many times, like, I'm 10 years in, and I'm just now getting there, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, And I couldn't have done it without the experiences and the ways that I've had to lean on God Mm -hmm. through that time. Mm -hmm. Um, He really chisels away on all of those. Yeah. And even having Phoebe and, like, learning more about, like, she has made me learn more about how different people's brains work. Mm Mm-hmm. And just really realizing and asking myself what is going on in her brain has mm-hmm. has made me also apply that to my other kids. Yeah. Because honestly, before I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't really think about yeah what they were thinking and feeling a yeah. whole lot. I don't think uh-huh. it was just like do what I tell you and yeah, yeah. you know yeah. So definitely a <sighs> a refining process, as mm-hmm. we all know <laughs> for sure. That was just really good, and I hope that you guys took something away from that as well and that everyone goes and follows Amy at House of Eilers and we will see you on the next episode. Yeah. See ya. Thanks for joining us on the show today. We hope that you have been encouraged by the story that you just heard. Our heart is that the more you share our podcast, the more we can proclaim God's glory and we can inspire others to live on mission right where they are. We challenge you to notice people around you and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Please subscribe to, share, and rate our podcast. Do you or someone you know have a story that we could share? Send us a message at glorytellerspodcast at gmail.com. 
You can also find us on Instagram to further the encouragement and details for upcoming shows at Glory Tellers. And as always, don't forget to check out the show notes for more resources. See you next time. Thank you.